0: Is it rolling, Bob? Yeah, it's time we bought a little law and order back into the Dixon Chains podcast. So, uh, bringing out the bell. Gosh, a eh, lady in a short summer dress just walked past my open window, drenched in perfume. I mean, it wafted in through the window as she walked by. And I have to say, I did not mind at all. I did not mind at all. I'm not one of these people who, oh my god, no perfume in this building. But I understand, some people, it's a problem, you know, aftershave, cologne, whatever. But uh, hoo-hoo! We won't go too much further on that topic. We're, we're going to get started here with the Dixon James Podcast, episode number nine hundred and four. Apologies for nine hundred and three with sometimes some very bad sound sound quality, which specifically when I recorded from about uh, I guess three or four in the morning, couldn't sleep, and I wasn't even watching what I was doing. So anyway, uh, that's for those of you who listened. <sighs> Buffers Park on a... What would it be? A Thursday? Yeah, Thursday, July 14th, Bastille Day. God, glad I wasn't around then. Uh, who knows what position I might have held, but I would have been on the... My ancestors would have... Well, if you're going by ancestors, yeah, alright. I mean, there's a direct lineage somewhere along the way. I would have been in England. <sighs> I had things to say... But uh, it might take me a little while to, uh, to get my thoughts straight. Yeah. So we'll just see uh, what comes of this. Um, there's disturbances all around me. People getting in and out of cars and going off on picnics. I'm sitting in the car just because I've got a thermos or a big mug, huge mug of coffee. Well, that I made some instant Nescafe uh, combined with one of those sweet packages you know, and a little bit of milk but it's uh, it's nice, it's warm, it's good and it saved me going through a drive-thru um, Gosh When I finished my last podcast the one you heard in reverse time order um, I was saying I want to talk a little bit about what it meant to be amongst, I'm calling them my peers, but same age group people, part of the same tribe going way back. And there was something different about it. I guess the, well, I guess the, just the years and years of uh, experience. Oh, here she comes again. Will, she, will it waft through or is she too far? No can't smell her at all. Um, we're easily distracted. Easily distracted. And I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to be focused so that you have something that you would actually want to listen to. It was the sharing of so many experiences in our younger years. That was the connection. That was it between Cousin Zeke, Barnacle Bill, and myself. Going back to stories of uh, almost outrageous things we got up to in Vancouver in our early days, uh, my early 20s, I went out there, oh, both of us, Bruce and myself, and then followed by Dave later on, went out there after our university days. We were young, we were carefree. Uh, involved in relationships, but uh, that certainly didn't tie us down. Uh, and gosh, yet another group of people heading down, picnicking in uh, into the park. Now I can't believe that is comfortable when your shorts are so tight that the the material is let's just say up in the crack I don't know any other way to put this they're so tight the material is just bunched up in the crack Like surely that's uncomfortable you won't give a little tug and loosen it out let your cheeks breathe a little anyway <laughs> let's restart here get a, get a bit of coffee alright so the fun of re- retelling those stories with each other, each one with a different take on it, or maybe spurring a different memory in the other one. It's those memories of times gone by before we were old. I think that was the, the key. When we could do, when you could just party all night, you could do things without worrying about the consequences. When you just didn't have anybody to answer to other than yourself and your your hangover the next day. Or whatever. When you could just get in your car and go somewhere. Let's go to Bellingham. You know, let's let's just, you know, let's go camping. And you just did it. Now, theoretically, when you're old like me, and you're not working, and you're, you know, have an understanding partner, you should be able to do that. And, and maybe to some degree I do, you know. This little break that I had felt like that. You know, it was planned. You know, Bruce had a plane to catch to get home. I had to be back by this certain date. And he was free these dates. So, okay. Let's book a site. Let's go see Cousin Zeke. And it, it was glorious. It was fun. And it, and it was, it, it was loving, I guess, in the memories we share. There was just a lot of good Exchanges. I, I guess I'll, I'll park that, but I, I was trying to make this disi- distinction between, Scarborough dudes some of you know, uh, and may know me fairly well from the amount of stuff I puke out here, but it's time shared in person that really counts. I guess that's it. It's, it's real time. It's not just online. It's not just your, your Facebook friends. It's not just your podcast listeners. It's being together. Actually spending time together. So, maybe, with uh, this thing Anthony Marco has organized in uh, Hamilton in August, there hasn't been much fanfare about. Uh... Maybe there'll be some of that connecting time. I hope so. I hope so. All right, moving on. I got a little package in the mail today. Well, it wasn't the mail. It was uh, Amazon Prime delivery. A truck pulls up next to my neighbor and uh, hands me this at 11 this morning. And, and I'm... It's kind of impressive. While camping with uh, up in... Um, a moss port with cliff the other friend i shared with and talked about um two hinges broke on my doors a little cabinet door on the road track and a little the bigger one for the uh, for the bathroom which is an important door to keep closed because when the doors swing open number one things can fall out number two can sort of block your view out the rear windows so you want these doors fastened. i'm thinking okay you could try and track down the original road track clips but these things were made of plastic, and they just—I mean, there's a lifetime to these things, and eventually they'll over constant use, opening, snapping, shot, opening, snapping, shot. They'll—they'll break, and they did, and they've broken before, and they've been replaced. So I was looking for an alternative. So I went online to the various road track groups. There's Road Trap Canada. There's Road Track One Nineties, One Seventies. There's uh, there's at least four road track groups I'm involved with. So if ever you want to find an answer to a problem, it's been done. It's been answered. And, uh, gosh, they've removed the, okay, sorry, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. They've got just a sign up, don't feed the birds, because people come down here, bags of popcorn, loaves of bread, you know, and they give it to their kids to feed the ducks and geese. This is a big announcement, don't feed them. God, it looks like a hand warmer thing. Sorry, I'll have to approach that later. I am sorry. Yes, I wandered off topic. Sometimes that happens. You see something, and your mind goes to it. So, back to the broken doors. I got to fix this somehow. And then a couple of people posted, "Well, I use magnetic uh, door catchers. Magnetic door catch." So go online, and they even did an online link, and then you read the reviews, and some are just glowing, perfect, wonderful, and others, well, these 20-pound ones just simply don't work. They're they're too light. They can pop open. They just don't hold the door close. This is the strength of the magnet, right, up to 20 pounds. And the 90-pound ones, ah, it's too strong. My wife could barely open the door. And, of course, they cost a lot more. So, um, that's what I did. Went through Amazon and, and looked at all the alternatives and read a lot of reviews. And then, so, gosh, you can get a set special. Only uh, Amazon Prime Day did about $9 or something for four of them. And uh, then it's another sort of $9 shipping. And you realize that's U.S. dollars. Okay, there's going to be a little of a conversion there. It's adding up. So... Sent the link to my son in Vancouver who has Amazon Prime, found another company, found a deal on Amazon Prime Day, uh, link for, you know, at least 15 or 20% off and sent in the link, I guess two days ago. And here they are in my hand right now. And it's just, I know for, for you youngsters, that's, that's nothing, That's nothing, you know. Uh, Yeah, when did I send him the link? Tuesday. Uh, You know, 10 o'clock Tuesday night. He said, I'll order when I get back. And here it is Thursday morning in Scarborough. And they're in my hand. It is quite amazing. Now, the fun will be, and what you'll want to hear about on this podcast, was I successful? Those of you who listen know that I'm a klutz. And that any job that's simple, that any simpleton could do, uh, I'm going to screw up somehow. So now I've heard about these screws. It comes with screws. And a few posts said, as soon as you twist the screw to make it flush, which you, you know, have to, uh, the head comes off. Remember, these are made in China. And they don't care if the head comes off. All they care is, hey, we're sending you enough screws to do the job doesn't matter if these are useless screws. So most people said, oh, I have to replace the screws. They didn't work. And in some cases, well, I need to use two latches. One wasn't strong enough. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, it's me, the new can. I've been telling everybody I'm a new can for for 2022. For 2022, you get got a new can who's trying to actually do things instead of make excuses, put it off ignore it, and so on. Um, And I've been pretty good at it. I've been pretty good at trying to stay on top of things. I haven't started the deck yet. I will. Uh, That's important. And I'm planning that out. I've already got the brochure, what color. I'm going to go probably on the way home. I might even stop at uh, uh, Home Depot and find out what it costs and what the conditions are for renting a sander. And uh, what kind of sandpaper you'd need, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there you go. I have no idea how these things work. I can't even imagine oh, it's sort of this electric, or, or yeah, I guess it's an electric sander that's handheld. there, you are holding it and it, doing the floor. Like surely that would go through sandpaper just lickety split. I, I can't. I have to. I have to envision it before I order and uh, book a date. Sort that out with my son. All right. I guess that's it. I Boy, I really was hoping this would be, I would be speaking to you with clarity. And uh, I don't think I am. Uh, When I came back from my little holiday on the Monday, I was not ready for Homeland. I just, no, I cannot take the tension. Well, now I'm back sort of midway or just past the midway mark in season four. And it, gosh, darn that! It. it, you watch it, and it, it just grips you with tension. And and you know, why do I want this tension? I you you buy into the characters and the story, and you feel. So it's a sign of a show that's really well done. I, I gave up on the various, you know, versions of Star Trek. Uh, yeah, Star Trek, the the different ones. I just didn't care what happened. I didn't care about the characters. Uh, at all, and so why? Why would I watch this? But here, I guess I care because it, I can relate it to reality. Like, you know, the relations between America and Pakistan. Uh, that, that's central, and it and it's very real, and it's something I think about a lot. If you listen to my last podcast, you would have heard how I feel about a certain religion and, and religious fanatics. Uh, there was a scene today where. It, a man who was sort of pro-American, a, a Pakistani in a small town, whose father stood up to the radicals. So like the radicals would come into a town and say, this is how it's going to be. We are going to follow Sharia law. And these are the conditions. And they close down the school and they are heavily armed and they are coming there. They are, they are the, the missionaries in their own sense. And the storyline, of course, was my father stood up to them and said no. And, of course, they planted a bomb outside his favorite tree and killed him. And after that, everybody else fell on the line. Nobody's going to stand up to these young men, bearded, ignorant bullies armed with uh, machine guns. You're just going to go along and accept that this is a new way for our village to live. Uh, and any thoughts? And and it's I'm, I'm using that one example. But this is the kind of thing... When any not resistance group, but when any when group of people who have the power of weapons, you could see this happening in Africa, maybe one tribe over another, uh, in Central America, over the communists versus the you know, drug runners or whatever. It's just so brutal for the average innocent person. And and that's the part that gets to me. Because I am, and you are the listener, one of these average person who doesn't want war, doesn't want fight, doesn't want to be a hero, doesn't want to die, doesn't want to be hurt, doesn't want to lose the freedoms we have, our right to think in our own way, believe in our own way, pray or not pray. You know, vote freely in elections without being afraid. These wonderful, wonderful things that we have, they are important. And, and you know, that is one of the, the themes of Homeland. It, it gets into the nasties. The nice thing about it is it doesn't uh, paint it in black and white. It is all gray. And that, that's the tension of the whole thing. You know, the America, uh, owning up to the overthrows the Americans have done and, and the bad things they've done. And you, you look at Vietnam, look at Central, South America, look at all these other areas where, no, 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 they're not playing nice either, where you can see America as the great Satan. <sighs> anyway, it, it's just... Uh, I needed to podcast today. Okay, that's what it comes down to. I really, I still have this need. When I got up with it, I got to do something productive today. Now, maybe I'll go home and actually try and put on one of these um, uh, magnetic catchers. We'll see. I'd have to take out the other ones. I'd have to get my tools out. But it, it would be a good thing to try today. They don't feel really satisfied, more satisfied than having, you know, Being able to say, oh, I recorded a podcast clip today down at Bluffers Park. So, boys and girls, thank you. Those listeners who still hang in there and come back for more each week, uh, wow, I salute you. And, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I'm going to get on and um, try and do something. I'm trying, really, to stick with this new and improved can. There's more yet I have to do. Uh, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Some of the pain I suffered yesterday is going away. I guess it's just a bruised rib okay, from a it's fall time, I took. And that's uh, just all part to, of
1: being uh, old. Skybird, dude. I Signing out.
0: Happier than when I started. It's
1: very From Bluffers disease.
0: Park. Bye bye.
1: And uh, if you wake up about four o'clock in the morning, and you fall out of bed. Start stomping your foot to try to get up. You look around for an old black cowboy hat. You look in the mirror and your eyes are crossing on you and you start laughing at yourself. You know you got a very familiar kind of a disease that I've had for some time. I caught it from a fellow that joined a mule train in the old days and he found out he was allergic to something the mules had. He had an awful bad case of the mule Skinner Blues. That I'd like to pass on to you tonight. Good morning, Captain. Good morning to you, sir. <laughs> 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 he was a sick mule skinner all pale. Get down, quack, 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 quack. quack. Uh, uh, uh-huh. uh. Uh-huh. They're hit the right back in just a while.
0: Okay, I'm going to uh, feed that into the background. That is from the Children of Pepper Mojo CD. Fifteen tracks inspired by the Beatles' classic 1967 album, Sgt. Pepper, of course. I've uh, played cuts from there before. It just happens to be one of the few CDs that's uh, in the Toyota. And the Toyota and I are parked in Bluffers Park. It's an overcast day. I was hoping uh, to come down here while it was raining. I really felt like sitting in the car cosily on a rainy day, you know. But uh, it stopped raining. Anyway, it's, I'm, I make the best of it. It's still cloudy and I don't feel the urge to get out of, the, uh, out of the car and take a walk. And all the benches are wet anyway, so here we sit. Music in the background. Uh, I've just finished... Another because I had one yesterday. A caramel Sunday, the two-dollar caramel Sunday deals they have. Oh my God, they are so good. I'm a nut for butterscotch and caramel like that. Just that is just my weak spot, and it has been since I was a kid. And I to me this is just such an amazing deal for two dollars. You get this plastic cup full, and they really—it's not just a little dollop of butterscotch it's just globs of this thick, gooey stuff all the way through with the soft ice cream that uh, that melts quickly, but oh god is that tasty so I don't know about you, but that is a treat and then I went even further and I thought, well, that was only $2 why don't you spend another dollar and get a medium at least coffee which is also sugary sweet but uh, that's what we got going here and I'm going to try and Slow down the pace a little. You know, I rattle on really quickly. Not as quickly as our friend Kenneth, but I do, you know, get going. And so I'm going to uh, just slow the pace a little. I've got a few notes for this episode number 904, quite a few of which I will skip. Um, you're going to hear later on a, uh, a clip from a Sam Harris podcast On, you know, about, I can't remember the name of the episode. It was episode number 287, but it was to do with the importance of contentment, not happiness, but contentment. And the things he said, I swear, are exactly things that I've said on this podcast, and certainly conclusions I've arrived at uh, quite some time ago. It is about contentment. It's not the peaks of joy, which, of course, are fun and what you want, or the ecstasy, but. A realization of the overall contentment you might have with your life, and that is just worth so much, and, uh, I've got an awful lot of contentment, I'm telling you, so, uh, we'll just park that there, I'll stick that clip, I don't know, I could stick it in the middle, I can put it in right now, I don't know where I'll put it, but it'll be here sometime, so pay attention, um... I've been noting that, you know, my God, memories are just so hard to piece together sometimes. As you get older and your memory starts going and they're just broken and fragmented and disjointed and you get two or three people who are at an event and each one will tell a different aspect of it and they don't always line up exactly. So I just, I did a little story um, yesterday about... A friend's wedding. A friend I don't know well, but it was out in Vancouver. You didn't have to know people that well to get in on a drunken wedding. And uh, I guess they were cousins of my girlfriend at the time. So anyway, it was a time when we were all crammed in, five of us. The mother of the bride, my girlfriend, myself, the driver, Glenn, who dearly departed Glenn, who you've heard about. And uh, at the time, his wife, who later divorced, and a bit of a wild character. And Glenn being gay, we always wondered, well, why did you marry her anyway? But uh, anyway, that's another story. Um, we got stopped by the RCMP in North Vancouver. They are the patrolling force. Uh, and Glenn was picked up for drunk driving and hauled away. And the car was left by the side of the road with the four of us in it. And I guess the police said they're sending a tow truck. And I guess they assumed we would get a cab and find our way home, something like that. Anyway, off he goes, and we're left there. Um, Everybody is drunk. Meanwhile, the wife of Glenn is screaming, gets out of the car and screams at them and calls them fucking pigs. And we're thinking, no, hey, hey, please, please, it's not helping Glenn's case, just relax. And we couldn't get her to shut up. But part of it was the drunkenness, and part of it was uh, an inbred hatred of police and authority. Um, The mother was very drunk in the back seat. Anyway, I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't know how to drive a standard. It was a VW Bug. And I just decided, well, I guess I have to step up and get us home. So started driving, and basically lurching would be a better way to describe it than driving. It was it was just you know lurch, stall, so on, and really, really was having trouble getting this thing. Not didn't know where the gears were. I'd never done this before, and didn't have an idea. And um, so it ended up a tow truck came, and the tow truck. Uh, was figuring he'd have to put us down, you know, take us away. I I don't know what their instructions were. They were just told to come. And there was some confusion over what they were told. And I gave a story that, oh, there's something wrong with the gearbox. But somewhere in this story, I had snapped the key off in the ignition. Um, Whether it was at the end when I got rid of the car or... You know, when the tow truck driver came, I don't know, I'm left holding half an ignition key in my hand and the other half is inside. So whatever the reason, the tow truck decided, well, all you need is a push. We're on a hill. This is north Vancouver, so hills are steep. You just need to push down that hill. You'll be fine. Again, so long ago, we're talking probably early 70s, that I don't know... uh, what happened to everybody else did they get in a taxi the the three women and Lee and I think that was it I think at that point maybe when the tow truck came maybe somebody called a cab remember this is before cell phones and everything all we know is Glenn is at the police station these ladies want to go and get him and so I'm left alone with this car and the tow truck lines me up and pushes me down this hill just gives a little shove at the top of the hill And, you know, with instructions, just pop the clutch, which I did. And, of course, at that speed, it was able to get it into whatever gear, third probably. And whizzle on, felt, wow, I'm in control. Now, remember, I'm drunk on top of this and don't have a license, so this is not good. Meanwhile, the ladies had got their way to the police station, so they must have grabbed a cab. And um, the police are making Glenn, you know, hold his nose and walk a straight line, just testing how inebriated. I guess this is below, before the blow, blow into this thing tests. And they hear on the radio some story about the guy in the VW is, is taken off from the tow truck. Like he's left as if I had done something wrong. They didn't know the tow truck told me to do that. They just know, hey, this guy's gone. And they know it's me, of course, and they're worried about that. Meanwhile, the mother of the bride in the back is throwing up over the railing from the police station uh, because of, again, too much alcohol. Anyway, it was one of these crazy stories. Um, But I love the beginning of this song. Hang on. okay i'm allowed to do that it's my podcast so i can stop a story midway to (laughs) hear a bit of a song hope you liked it uh i don't even know why i'm telling this story other than as an example of not being able to remember all the details so i wrote it all down i ended up back at the police station where glenn got off you know i had to pay a fine later uh and everybody was okay in fact Um, I sent the story to the other person who was in the car because Glenn has died, uh, his ex-wife has died, and, of course, the aunt in the back seat has died. So the only other person who was there who could collaborate the story said, no, right after that, we got out of the police station, went back to the the home of the aunt, whose daughter got married, and continued partying. And I'm like, well, that's a good fitting ending. Uh, Now, my point, uh, sometimes it takes more than one witness to line up the story properly, uh, but the other thing is, you know, there's so much that just gets lost to time, and especially when there's weed and alcohol involved, so uh, it made me reflect on, as I sat parked uh, yesterday or the day before in Centennial College, yeah, Saturday, um, that I've got 15 years where I know where I was every week, and it's an incredible record to have this audio journal I've kept up that you know, you couldn't ask, I couldn't tell you what I was doing 10 years ago. Now Facebook might pull up a picture but the Dixon Jane's podcast is really a record of my entire life for the past 15 years That's a, that's an amazing thing to have don't you wish you did? maybe not uh, and it's not about the listening value or whether or not it was a good podcast uh, and by the way, I'm constantly reminded, just the way I was reminded of uh, uh, getting a G average good in grade five and saying that brand to me for life, uh, I can never get over. Tim Coyne, the wonderful Tim Coyne, who we never hear from, our friend do, disappeared in the industry in Los Angeles. No, not in the porn industry. No, heaven forbid. Tim, a wonderful Tim, who was such a joy to have in the early days of the uh, podcasting, but anyway, um, paid me the honor of saying, listen, I love your show, but if I gave it to 10 of my friends, nine and a half of them would not want to listen any further, would not like it, and I, you know, I I sort of of thanked him, I guess. But it stuck with me because it is quite funny, and it is yeah okay. It's an acquired taste, and I also realized, for example, I don't think many of my listeners would listen to Kenneth on his walk to Key West, Florida, every single day the way I look forward to it every day. Shout out Kenneth, um, because they don't know him, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him in person, but also just we've corresponded forever, and I and I'm I invested. In his person, the real person, and what he's doing with his life and what he's trying to do and what he wants to do. And and loving the fact that he's interested in the theories of Carl Rogers dating so far back, you know, and I brought that book back to life. Um, That's all wonderful. But if you don't know him or you only know him peripherally uh, through me mentioning him, then it may not be interested at all, you know. And uh, so it is with the Dixon Janes podcast. You don't know who I am, 1st time listener, you're not going to stick around, and that's okay. But here's something, and it sort of all ties in together. Um, I went to a um, gestalt therapist quite a while ago, maybe 2015, so we're talking seven years ago. Um I think there was an option, somehow they're offering, as they're training students, you can get a a last year student in his studies and get counseling at a discounted rate. And um, I latched on to somebody who was really, really good, and I thought, this guy's perfect. Uh, And it was a good connection. And then, of course, he went off, uh, graduated, has a couple of degrees, including art therapy, and he's a poet and so on. A very, very interesting man, uh, very accomplished. You know, some people are just like on a. I, I talk about level sometimes, and I know I shouldn't, but hey, some people do exist on a on a slightly higher level than us ordinary folk, and I think he's one of them. Not the highest level, but a higher level. Anyway. Um, I couldn't afford to go to him now, unfortunately. It's you know one hundred and thirty dollars an hour, and you know an hour you're just going to get started. You'd, you'd have so much more to to go, and I don't really know why I would feel the need to go back now. What do I want to accomplish at seventy-four? It's a little late to uh, get started, and you know I, I don't feel I really have the problems that require therapy at this point in my life. Although I know I would get something from it, and it probably would speed me up a little in terms of just, um, you know, just getting a little bit further along in the journey, you know. At any rate, um, I found, when I was trying to delete all my emails, something that he had written, after listening to my podcast, I sort of asked him, and maybe it was part of our process, and I'm going to read some of the things. If anybody is in Toronto area and looking for a, a Gestalt therapist, contact me because boy would I ever recommend this fellow. Anyway here's his words As promised, here's a feedback on your podcast Well, many things to say. First of all you sure do have talents for storytelling! Thank you In therapy this gets in the way at times but in the context of a podcast it's part of the art Now isn't that a great line? In therapy storytelling would get in the way but uh, in the context of podcast it's part of the art for me there was a soothing aura in your voice it did not feel fabricated are you listening folks cuz this is high praise this is this is this is gold to uh, to get back and i'm i'm giving myself this because i'd forgotten all about this I didn't even know he had listened in your documents there are free flow stream of consciousness laughter and humor bitterness voice modulations Accepted and owned mistakes, happy accidents, spontaneity, jump-cut thinking, and good music. Wow. Thank you. I didn't fast-forward to skip the music, you know. Um, you have a flair for good music, regardless of the genre. At times you went some self-absorbed free rants, if I may risk that comment with all due respect. And I think you own them. Anyhow, they were part of your process in order to discover the land you recently arrived at. You getting all this? You know, do I need to slow down? I did like your insight when you questioned the podcasts themselves, wondering if they were getting in the way of your own growth. What I get from that is... Examining the difference between talking about things versus doing things. Finally, I did enjoy listening to your recordings, as I did enjoy working with you. I had the impression we were just starting the journey, and I'm not saying that to promote my practice. In big cities there are many good therapists, da-da-da. And I do trust that uh, you know what's best for you, and that you will find the tools you need. So, um, there you go. He concluded with a rich self-discovery journey to you, Ken. So uh, that was kind of nice to find. You know, I I wondered why I was saving so many old emails and this goes back. And um, I would have lost all that completely. Now I have it in the Dixon Janes podcast. It's there forever. All right. That's weird. A little bit of rain came and now the sun seems trying to break through. And, of course, the heat has just cranked up. So I guess that's all I wanted to share today. No, I had a whole lot of other points, but i those are sort of the main things. I don't want to get into uh, more on religion. I am still absolutely drawn into uh, Homeland. My God, I cannot believe that every single episode just gets a grip on me. And, I, and the tension I feel... It's an incredible emotional ride. Like, how do they do that? Uh, you know, somebody else, uh, you know, a cinematographer. Or somebody else. Oh, those are just cheap tricks in how to do that shit. But no, you, you get you're into the story, and you're you're worried about the characters. You're 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 just, oh, come on, how are they going to get out of this? And it's not like James Bond. The other thing I do like about it is that you have strong female characters. Uh, No surprise, because there were women involved in the production. But that is great to see, too. Very, very strong characters. So, um, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm going to leave it right there. That's about 20 minutes. So uh, is there any more good music here? Turn it up a bit to fade out.
1: Again, I think particularly for young men to assume that people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett must be just like walking orbs of happiness. And we know it's not the case. Warren Buffett's biography, which is called The Snowball, is fascinating in the sense that the most successful investor of all time, one of the richest men of all time, and someone who so many people, including myself, look up to and aspire to as a role model. His private life has not been great. His personal life has not been great. His family life has not been something that you would aspire to in the slightest. And that's that. I think it's so easy to overlook that the association between if you're worth X, you must be happy, or if I were worth X, all of my problems would go away. And it's never the case because what people are chasing is happiness when what they should be going for the best we can do is contentment and satisfaction.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of thinking of well-being in terms of a, a kind of a, a larger footprint of contentment and equanimity and peace. Uh, you know, non-conflict as opposed to the, the, the more transitory, you know, hotter experiences of joy and and happiness. I mean, joy is a fleeting emotion. It's not to say it's not important and, we, you know, we don't love it, but there's a kind of a background context of just not having a problem, which is um, certainly underrated. I mean, it's not something people tend to, when they, when they think of living their best possible life, people tend to think about joy and fun and even, you know, ecstasy, and they, they get bored with words like contentment or peace or equity. And yet, really, when you just look at when you when you study the nature of of your own psychological suffering, really, the the thing that is durable, the thing that is achievable, and you know, truly enviable, if you don't have it, is contentment. I mean, and it can deepen to the point where it you know, there's a blissful component to it, and it's uh, born of not. Craving things that are not here in this moment, right? And we'll we'll talk about what's required to do that, and the ways in which we we naturally move the goalposts in life. And we, you know, we, you know, each of us is now surrounded. If we're not in a in a stark experience of poverty and complication each of us is now surrounded with everything we once wanted right I mean, everything you have everything you're wearing everything you're surrounded by is something you put in place because you wanted it and you worked for it and now you have it and now you want other things right and and it's easy to lose sight of how much you have to be grateful for in this moment when you're busy wanting you know, something in the next
0: all folks boys and girls It is Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, and I'm in Thompson Park. It's uh, just before 3 p.m., and uh, it's kind of a nice day. It's hot, but there's just a bit of a breeze where I'm sitting on a bench in the shade of a tree, so that makes it kind of nice. Um... Yeah, a few things. This this is going to be the end of this podcast. I've got 15 minutes left. I want to include another clip from Sam Harris, although it's not him talking. It's episode number 289. I highly recommend it. Uh, It's called Time Management for Mortals. And it's not your usual how-to-be-more-efficient kind of... um, uh, time management guru talking. He's somebody who might have been that way and he's learned a whole lot since then. And uh, it's just just some beautiful insights into, uh, you know, about time. So anyway, uh, you'll probably hear that at the end of the podcast. If you're wondering where it came from, episode 289 on uh, Sam Harris' uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm still engrossed in uh, Homeland, i up to season six. I've got to say, the lead actors have been incredible. I mean, they really are. And I think the thing I like about it so much more is I'm not looking at famous Hollywood stars. I'm seeing them as the people they're portraying. And that makes it a lot more interesting. It's well-crafted, the storyline, well-acted. There's still things, you know... You know, there's still the like American touches of... Oh, my God, why would you do that? Well, it's for the sake of the story or whatever. But uh, I, I'm just, you know, I'm in awe of this show. I'm, I'm, and it's just, it's a wonderful escape. Although, this is the funny thing about it. It's not really an escape. I think um, if anything was going to make me more paranoid about hardcore, uh, you know, Islamic groups, this show is certainly not doing anything to lessen that feeling uh but again it, it you know the same applies for any anybody hardcore in their beliefs that uh, you know this is god's will you know when people who would believe that god spoke to man right, people believe in any of the prophets so that goes just as deeply into judaism and uh anyway you know I, we've talked about that um, the other thing about it, it's just the parallels. I'm, you know, I'm I'm up to season six now, so it's getting more and more current. And so it's not just refer- references to nine eleven; it's like uh, things more recently, the Iran nuclear program, and so on, and the duplicity between um, the various countries—Germany, America, and uh, Israel—and uh, the double dealing and the in the you know just the whole spy game, which has always been fascinating. I mean, I was a huge fan of uh, reading about Kim Philby, if you remember that name from the past, and uh, um, my God, the, the infiltration of the uh, British intelligence system. Uh, wow, that, that was some real double dealing there. Um In my notes, uh, I missed Roger Waters, and Roger Waters was in the news because he uh, was pissed off that everybody was talking about The Weeknd, and, you know, he's sort of saying, who the fuck is he? How come there were nobody, nobody covering his show in Toronto for the music scene? They sent people out to these other shows that were going on, uh, what's his name, and The Weeknd, and he was kind of pissed off, said, you know, what I've got to say is far more important, and I'm fully in agreement with that, like, yeah... It's true, but, of course, that's my biases, but I think he does. His music has a message. So I was kind of pissed off, that how come I never even tried to get tickets? He played twice in Toronto, just recently. And I guess I just went online, saw the ticket price, and um, didn't bother. And now I'm kind of sorry. I went online to see well, where else is he playing? And I saw he's playing in some huge arena in Detroit, and tickets were on sale for $35 holy fuck but of course the cost of me getting to detroit would just add and you know hey i missed my shot but jesus you know this this is the thing people who have money are people who retire with a pension and it's not i'm not whining i'm just stating facts boys and girls i don't have that kind of money but god damn would it be nice to be able to do all these other things i i've sort of i, I sent a, a a long exchange uh to um, my friend bruce who i was recently traveling with here um about the i guess the trade-offs we have to make with age number one your health you just don't have the energy you don't have the enthusiasm you don't have the desire the same way But you also don't have the need To do a lot of the things we did when we were younger And for that I'm grateful um, Like, I, you know, I, somebody goes to New York City And they're like, oh shit, i love to go to New York City And then i are like, wait a minute, Ken When the kids were young, you took them you, you did the Statue of Liberty You did the Empire State Building You did that When you were a child, you did that Your father took you, you did that Um, We had other trips when we had friends from Japan living in New York. He worked for a bank, and we visited them, and we did that. When my company, the president of my company, former company, from Japan was in New York, I I didn't just do it. I had my guidebook, The Beats Guide to New York City, and had a driver with the president of my company and somebody else drive me around to all the places, to the, the Chelsea Hotel and to uh, uh, where Kerouac and Ginsburg and um, uh, William Burroughs and, and her girlfriends all live, to that apartment building, uh, to where Kerouac wrote on the road, the you know, the scroll version. I saw those places where the chauffeur driver So what fucking more do I need out of New York? Yeah, of course any trip would be great, but but what I'm saying is, I I did a lot of things in the past, and therefore, and this is me talking to myself and to Bruce, we don't need to do those things again. We we've it's not like we deprived ourselves and went straight into work, or you know took over the family farm and never had a chance to do anything. No, we we did our shit. So. Uh, you know what is that a rationalization or just reminding myself hey count your blessings be grateful for the uh, free time you did have and etc etc ah right all right' all right jesus uh i guess that's about that's about it gee seven minutes i thought i guess i don't have any other notes i was feeling a little down today. I was worried about my cat, for one. It it is, uh, you know, we're continuing with the hot weather. Now, today is a little not as bad. It's a bit of a breeze. But my cat stretches out on the deck in the shade and she looks hot, you know, with all that fur. And so today's job was to get her into the house. So I lured her in. She was sleeping on a piece of cardboard under the eaves of our house. So she was fully shaded, but still looked hot so I had to get out her candies and sort of shake the bag and of course that always gets her attention and then got her, put the, put the, put the little uh, treats on the steps going upstairs and then once she ate them I sort of gave her bum a little push up the stairs and she jumped all the way upstairs and then uh, placed her on my bed and I put out old pajamas that has my scent and she'll check it out and yep, yep, this is safe, this is good and she'll curl up, and then I, of course, turn on the overhead fan so she can really be comfortable and stretched out. Hey, that cat, Yuki, Shiro-chan, just means so much to me. And uh, again, this isn't just me repeating myself, but it is such a special, special bond connection. I know others have that with dogs, and I fully understand that and, uh, you know, appreciate it. Just as deeply. Oh, oh! I have a bit of news. I have some news. The week before MMPR, which is um, in sometime in August. Uh, when is MMPR? For those of you who need to know, August uh, in the middle of August, right? Thirteenth. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, August the twelfth to fourteenth. Well, the week before. I just booked myself a train ticket to Windsor August 4th, 5th and 6th And coming home on the 7th Because Shane said that's all he could take of me Thank you, Shane Um But it'll be good And Tom was looking forward Tom wants to take me to Detroit to see things So um, that's kind of exciting And it was a little treat It's funny because I, it, it ties into what I was talking about uh, I don't need to go to New York City again, but I always do need to go to Windsor, and I usually average twice a year. Uh, I've missed a bit during the COVID periods, but uh, it's always fun. I, I mean, of course, when I picture it, I'm picturing getting high and going to bars, uh, but also staying with uh, Shane and Lauren, Shoran. Is that it? No, is it? Yeah, Shoran. I guess so. They combine their names, you know that. Cutesy, cutesy, um, but and visiting their their two absolutely wonderful cats, who I've known for many many years. Um, and the dog, mm, the dog. Uh, oh, good thing Lauren doesn't listen, otherwise I'd have to say nice things about the dog. Oh, cute dog. Oh. Anyway, that's um, that's something I've treated myself to. I got uh, you know cheap fare, hundred, and gained about a hundred and twenty dollars return fare. That's seniors on a discount day and economy, whatever. So um, yeah, that'll be fun. I'll leave it at that. I'm going to uh, add in this uh, final clip. I'm try I try to keep these to an hour. That's too much to ask of you. Um, There are very few podcasts That I'm listening to these days Because there are very few That are people talking about their lives Which is the kind of thing Um, uh, Just a final word I'm concerned about my friend Kenneth I have not heard a podcast from him In four days And always there is one every day There are always um, pictures posted On Instagram Uh, As you know He is the man who is uh, walking route one or close to it, um, the last heard in, gosh, was it Maryland, maybe, uh, anyway, got out of, uh, or, or, got out of Maine, got out of New York, anyway, on his way to, um, Key West, and, um, four days, no word. So shout out to you, Kenneth. I've already sent you messages and uh, embarrassed myself by saying I don't want to sound like a a worried old parent. But uh, hey, man, what you're doing is a risky venture. And um, I hope you're okay. Scarborough Dude signing out from the safety and comfort of uh, not Bluffers Park, no Thompson Park today. Bye for now. Ding dong. So if you're somebody who
3: is plagued by this fear of missing out, it can be surprisingly powerful just to understand that in fact, missing out is inevitable. It's baked into the human condition that we will miss out on almost everything. So that fearing missing out makes no real sense. It's like worrying that you might be unable to make two and two add up to five, when the truth is you don't need to worry about that because you're definitely not going to manage it. But we can go a step even further here, I think, and see that missing out isn't just unavoidable. It's arguably what makes things worth doing, what makes life worth living, what gives meaning to our experiences in the first place. Our finitude, the fact that we have to miss out on so much, is what gives weight to our choices. It's what means that something is at stake in how we choose to live our lives. Think about it. If you knew that your life would never end, then the answer to the question, should I do X or Y with my time today, would always be, who cares? doesn't matter, because there's always the next day, and the next day, and the one after that. In fact, why bother doing anything at all today in a situation like that? So the fact that you have to miss out isn't necessarily even something to regret. It's perhaps the thing that makes life juicy in the first place. I think one final way to help bring all this into focus is to see that there is something rather arrogant and entitled in the way we usually think about our finite time. We act as if it's a huge problem that we only get a short amount of time and that it's a kind of insult that it gets taken away from us by death. But when we say that our lives are short, short compared to what? certainly short compared to the life of a hypothetical immortal being but it might make as much sense or even more sense to compare our lives not to a hypothetical immortal being but to all the countless hypothetical people who never got to be born in the first place and to see that from that perspective it's not really cruel that our lives aren't longer rather it's a staggering stupendous bonus that we get any time on the planet as conscious creatures at all And when you see things in this way, it starts to make more sense to think of all those inexhaustible experiences that the world has to offer, not as existing on some kind of endless to-do list, where if you don't make it through the list, you'll have missed out on life, but more like a different kind of list, a menu, a list of options you get to choose from. And that in that situation, having to choose, the necessity of choosing, it's not a terrible fate you've been sentenced to, but rather a wonderful opportunity and a positive affirmation of whatever choices you do end up making. In this state of mind, you can certainly relish the peak experiences of your life more completely than before. But you can also find deep meaning in the other experiences too, in the chores and the duties and the myriad ways we just need to maintain our daily lives. You can embrace the fact that you're foregoing certain pleasures or certain theoretically rewarding experiences because whatever you have decided to do with your time instead today... To earn money to support your family, to write your novel, to bathe your toddler, to pause on a hiking trail, to watch a pale winter sun sink below the horizon at dusk. That's how you've chosen to spend a portion of time that you never had any right to
1: expect.